You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Anchor Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Jake is sleep deprived, said he would struggle today. You've done well through the first hour. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You've done well too, despite your New Orleans. <laughs> I feel great, man. Yeah. I yeah. think I could go to New Orleans every weekend. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, <laughs> especially during football season. Yes. Um, got a text here. Now, I got called a pot stirrer. Yeah. This person right here is stirring the pot. All right. Text reads, I think it goes to show that Saban only cares about winning. As a coach and a staff, you should be there for your players. You should treat them like your own kids. The game of football is much more than just winning. A football team should be like family, and the coaches should teach more than just football. They should help mold the kids into young men and teach life lessons to help them better themselves later in life. I do not get the quote-unquote family feel from the Bama staff. Mm. Again, that'd be a great question for that texter to ask Saban at his press conference. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Again, you're only hearing one part of this story. You're just hearing what Jalen Hurts had to say. He, he, he. According to him, no one had that conversation with him after the national championship to ask him how he felt about it, how he was doing, how he was handling it. Mm. And it seemed to have frustrated him, and he kept it all bottled up. He finally got a chance to talk to the media. He let it all come out, mm. and it's not uh, it's not a quote. It's not you know necessarily a sound clip that Saban's going to like to hear. We'll have a Saban's follow up here sometime this week. Hopefully. I'm sure we're I'm looking sure. forward to it. I am. T- yeah, yeah. You mentioned the seven o'clock hour. Uh, Slade Bolden getting some love. Yeah, competing to competing in the return game. Uh, I don't know if it's punt returner or kick returner, but he's battling for a return spot. So mm. I thought that was cool. Yeah, he's a true freshman. Yeah, not bad. As for LSU, and of course we heard from uh, Orgeron, and of course the conversation continues to center around on that quarterback competition. Here's more from Coach O on the four guys vying for that spot. I'll say this, any quarterback, here's what he has to do. Everything, short on a daily basis. Leadership, work in the classroom, be able to run the offense, make the throws, uh, do the right things that a quarterback does, and really be consistent every day, stack good days together. And uh, obviously, uh, all four of those guys going to have an equal chance, and let's see what happens. You mentioned Justin McMillan graduated today. you expect him there tomorrow in the football field? Yeah, he'll be ready to go. you feel like the quarterback room stepped their competition up? No question it has. And I can see the difference in, in all four of the guys. And everyone has their own demeanor. Everyone has their own way. Uh, guys up there watching film more. Some guys are being more vocal leaders. Uh, they stepped it up. I, I'll talk to Tommy Moffitt all the time about their workouts. A lot of the guys have stepped up their workout. They're in better condition. They all look good. And uh, they've answered the bell just like I thought they would. I do. I will rely heavily on our staff and Steve, but I have the ultimate decision. Coach, you know what Miles Brennan is weighing right now? I don't know that. They're going to they weigh in today, and I'll check, but I'm sure he's about 190, 195. I'm not sure about that, but around that area. You, 
really talked a lot about Glenn Logan in the spring and summer. What clicked? What do you think? Uh, you know, this time last year during camp, Glenn was thinking about transfer. And uh, thank God for his mama and our relationship that we got him to come back. And uh, I think that's when he made the decision, listen, man, I'm at LSU. I'm going to give it everything I can. His body has changed. He's lost body fat. He's matured. Uh, things are easier for him now because he's older. Um, he's stronger. Uh, he's accepted the role that he's in. Now he's, we're gonna, tomorrow when we line up, he's going to be the starting left end at LSU. So I think all of maturity, getting his body right, losing body fat, getting stronger, getting more confidence. Anything telling from that? Uh, not really. Of course, that was his uh, opening press conference and uh, mentioned in the course Miles Brennan his weight. You do look at Brennan and you see video of him walking in. Pounds. <laughs> and I was trying, but man, yeah. just under 200 pounds. If you're Justin McMillan and you graduated and you still have two years of eligibility left, does he feel like he's got a chance, I guess? Yeah. Why I mean, he stick around? Look, he looked the best of the three yeah. at LSU spring game, so I'm sure he thinks he has a chance. He also tweets out a lot of stuff, like basically saying, keep doubting me. Mm. But um, one thing, too, Tyler Shelvin, who is a reserve defensive tackle, mm. there's some reports that he's looking really good. Uh, and even Devin White actually commented about it and said, he, I think he's down to like 358 which is a really good sign. I mean, this is a guy who was battling with 400. I mean, he was hovering around 400 pounds. So this is a guy that you watch his tape and you're just like, man, I wonder what he could do if he lost some weight and got in really good shape. So that's a good sign if you're an LSU fan. Hmm. Richie says uh, the media feeding Harris that rat poison hurts. You are a bad text reader. Mm -hmm. I thought that was only reserved for me. Mm. Also got a text here. Here's what happened. This summer and early this fall, he is not getting reps with the first team. He realizes uh, he is for sure not going to be the starter, so he spoke up because he is angry. Mm. That is likely what happened. Uh, we got some more from uh, Coach O just on expectations for this year, going into this year, and, of course, the matchup to start off the season against Miami. Here's Orgeron. Hello, everybody. Welcome. What an exciting time for us all. Hey, I'm proud to announce that we just graduated three of our outstanding students at LSU, Trey Goldman, Justin McMillan, and Ja'Cory Washington. We're awfully proud of them for graduating today. What a tremendous feat. All right, man, it's fall camp, and uh, we're ready to go. Uh, our first team meeting will be at 2.15 in here. Our coaches have prepared well. We've been in here all week. We're ready for practice. Uh, I want to thank Tommy Moffitt for doing an outstanding job with our team. Everyone that was healthy has passed the conditioning test. That's the first time in Tommy's history in 17 years that we've done that. So we're in excellent shape. But as I'm going to remind our team, summer conditioning gets you ready for fall camp. Fall camp gets you ready for football. This is going to be a physical, tough, hard-nosed camp. Uh, Jamal Pettigrew and Cameron Wire are going to be the only two players that are not able to practice when we start. Obviously, we think that Cameron Wire had a, a lingering injury from high school. These are just a couple of more weeks, maybe, and uh, he'll be ready to go. Uh, Thaddeus Moss will not be here. We're proud for him. He's introducing his daddy, Randy, in the Hall of Fame. What a tremendous honor. What a tremendous uh, weekend for Thaddeus and his daddy. And uh, we gladly 
let him go and attend and take his time and he'll be back. Ed Ingram has been suspended from the team indefinitely for violation of team rules. He will not be with us at camp. Yeah, speaking of Ed Ingram, I was just thinking the other day how quiet of an offseason it was for LSU. And it, I, I swear, I, I just thought about it like yeah. last Thursday. And then uh, Friday he meets with the media and breaks that news that, hey, uh, Ed Ingram's not going to be at fall camp. So it's almost like uh, – kiss of death kind of just thinking about it but still it's been a pretty good offseason for LSU the fact that you haven't had any arrest or anything like that so but uh, Ed Ingram losing him hurts now I don't know like starter wise I think they're still fine but now when you get an injury you know you take one of those quality reserves and you force him to be a starter without Ed Ingram so yeah hopefully he can figure out his situation and get back soon and, of course, everybody's anxious to see the freshmen coming in. It includes uh, two kids from Faraday uh, and Ed Orgeron. Points them out early on in terms of uh, Dare Rosenthal being at the top of the list. Here's Coach O. Are you know, uh, I want to see Dare. You know, Dare is 6'7", 331, runs. He's worked very hard. Uh, Tommy Moffitt. Teddy reminds him of some of the great linemen that we have, but again, I haven't worked with him. I want to see those guys work. You know, I'm excited about uh, Dominique Livingston. I'm excited to see Tyler Shelvin. He's at 354. Uh, he has to, he has to go. I'm excited to see Ed Alexander. You know, he's had a knee problem, couldn't have done more. He's sitting out there. He's the first one ready for the team meet, so that excites me. And I want to see if he's ready to play. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, he's going to play a four technique. You know, and that now he's going to play a one technique or zero technique on the nose. But he's played that before. It's not like he hadn't played it. It's kind of the same technique, but it's just a little bit different. More double teams. But he's a big, strong guy. Bench over 500 pounds. Or 500 pounds, he can handle it. Yeah, yeah, well, it's been good. Dennis and I did it before. You know, we lost Pete. You know, Pete was an icon around here, a great coach, and uh, not that Dennis couldn't do it, but I want to give my team all I can. I want to be the head coach, but I just don't want to sit around and practice. And uh, my expertise is on the defensive line, so I want to help. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be the head coach. I'm going to be doing the same thing I've always done, but I'm going to be very involved in what we're doing on the defensive front. So how much change for you? You say doing the head coach. How much does it change for you? Yeah, just individual. That's all. Just individual. I spend more time with the defensive linemen. And then I watch the defensive line film at night after I watch the whole team. It's just an added responsibility, which I enjoy. Is Dantre Scott one of those guys that you might think on the entire Say it again. Dantre Scott one of those guys you might think Maybe. Maybe, yeah. We talked about it. Maybe one of those guys. We're going to look at it. Do you have a timetable about it? Yeah, we, we, we need to see how those guys are doing. And then about after three days of camp, after the first day in pads, we're going to make a decision. We, again, we haven't seen Dontress. You know, we've seen him on film. We're going to see what he does and see how physical he is, and I think he will be. Yeah, I think they'll find out Dontress Scott is just a freak. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and back to Dare, you know, I think the LSU coach has gotten his ear because I was hearing from some kids uh, back home, and they were saying, uh, they, they, they met, met up with him, and they saw him working out, and it was just different. Mm. You know, Dare, as explosive and athletic as he is, 
the thing his criticisms were the fact that you, you know you watch his tape and a lot of plays he just stands straight up mm-hmm. and kind of takes somewhat of a lazy approach. I don't think that's the case right now. I think uh, some of those LSU coaches got in his ear and said, hey, you can be a monster if you want to. And so uh, it's good to hear that he's working hard. And Dantro Scott, of course, is making that jump from high school to foot. And they're trying that's to figure tough. out where they're going to put him at, too. Yeah. Linebacker, defensive end, and then there's talk about tight end. Anybody saw him playing in the high school, whenever they lined him out as a receiver, ugh, thing I mean, is, 6'4", and can run like that. I think he'll be an, an edge rusher. And LSU's really stacked at that position this year. It's going to be hard for him to break in. I think there's a greater opportunity for Dare just because it's not as deep on the defensive front. So uh, if he's if he's working hard like like we hear, you know, maybe we could see a little bit of him this year. And the other reference there was uh, Pete Jenkins leaving the program, of course, retiring, and of course Orgeron now taking over more of a role on the defensive line. Yeah, and here's a good text here, Aaron, that you'll like. Ken says, to the family nurturer flag football coach who texted in just now about life lessons to be learned in SEC college football. Couldn't the argument be made that this situation with Hurts is in itself a life lesson and he can learn a lot from it? Life lessons are not always easy, nor do they always turn out for the best. Dropping some wisdom on you, Aaron. Ken, coming back strong. I want you to think about that on this commercial break. Really ponder that. 888-993-7762. We're back after this on the morning drive. Welcome back to the show. What stood out the most to you this weekend? 888-993-7762. I'm sure uh, Jake's going to hit us over the head with some uh, MMA news. Oh, you should said ground and pound. That would have been nice. Okay, yeah. So, Connor versus Khabib was announced Friday, which is a really big deal because that is probably going to be their biggest fight ever in the history of the company um they have they have never gone over two million buys uh pay-per-view wise and i think this one gets over two million buys just because connor has gotten so huge uh khabib in of itself is a pretty big name i guess not a whole not not your everyday sports fan knows that name but uh of course he's from russia and he carries the whole country with him and then the guy that wrestles the bear yes yes the bear wrestler Mm. so you remember him Mm mm-hmm and what's going to really sell this fight is the whole Dolly incident because they're already airing videos of it now showing you that you know, the whole situation, I'll, I'll remind you. So it was a whole ploy? No, it was not. Yeah. It was a stupid ploy if it was. Khabib confronts Artem Lobov, Conor McGregor's uh, training partner, early that week. And Khabib and like 11 other guys do. That doesn't sit well. With Connor, Artem calls Connor. Connor flies over with a couple of his guys. Gang mentality. They attack a bus that's full of fighters. He throws the dolly through the window. It hurts a couple of fighters. They still have some lawsuits pending against Connor. But it was all to try to get to Khabib. And so now UFC gets to profit off of that. They're going to start airing those promos. And I think it gets over 2 million buys. Mm. It'll be very interesting. What you got? I want to get a little bit into this, perhaps not the Urban Meyer stuff. We certainly discussed that in the 7 o'clock hour, the fact that now Ohio State's saying their ruling, their decision will come down within 14 days, Yeah, which uh, they set kind of a time limit. So this thing, I guess they want to get it out of the way before the season actually starts. But the dynamic – Get Urban back on the side. And there's so many different layers to this that are, are interesting and fascinating and newsworthy. But 
I think the part, just the fact that a former ESPN employee, he actually still getting paid by him for 18 uh, months, and that contract actually runs out, I believe, uh, next week. So the way that Brett McMurphy went about breaking this news was so unconventional, the fact that he posted on his Facebook page, Mm -hmm. and he, he did a podcast, and he discussed, of course, Doing it that way and how it was different and how he was concerned about when he's writing up the story, whether or not there would be enough characters or it could fit on a Facebook page. And then how it blew up after that and how the dynamics and the landscape of journalism continue to change on a you know weekly basis. And how biggest story in the sports world this summer is literally this story and how he broke it on Facebook. Not even a summer, summer all year. Yeah. And the fact, you know, you're talking about a guy that, you know, he could have held a grudge and literally could have just sat out for 18 months. But he said he had to continue to make himself relevant. He had to continue to be out there breaking news. And he, he has done that with a number of coaches uh, hirings in the in the spring. So this made him now he signed another deal. Now he's going to be joining stadium, I believe, here in a week or two. And I guess that is the connection, how they got the interview with the lady. Courtney Smith. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, true. Let me ask you this question. So you and I, I think we both believe that Irvin will end up keeping his job. Yeah. What is his punishment? Like, what does Ohio State do as far as punishment goes if he does, in fact, keep his job? Do you think the I'm whole going season? Out of, I'm saying three or four games. Ooh. Yeah. They're not going to – they're either going to back him or they're just or put a slap on the wrist but they're not going to just suspend him for the entire season. If they're going to suspend him for the entire season, then you might as well cut ties with him. No, I don't believe that. You have to make it look decent. Yeah, four games. Suspending, that's not good enough, Aaron. A year, I think he has to go for a year, suspending for a year, and then he comes back, and, you know, he comes back. You know, he gets to keep his job. That's the that's the. Well, this sits out. I'm looking at their schedule right now. So if he sits out the first four games – for week five, when he comes back, guess who they play and where at? Is this uh, Penn State? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be intriguing. Who are the first four games? Oregon State, <laughs> Rutgers, <laughs> TCU, yeah. Tulane. So one tough game, mm-hmm. really. Aaron, if they do, if they do that. I'm telling you, the backlash is going to be insane. It's going to be nuts. So it has to be half a season or the entire If there's year. anything we've learned from the NFL, it's that you have to take domestic violence seriously and that, you know, you if someone – and I know Urban Meyer didn't commit the crime himself, but the fact that he knew of it and he kept this guy on staff for three years. Mm-hmm. Come on. If it's four games, I will be shocked. Absolutely shocked. And, and listen, he could end up still losing his job. Mm-hmm. This could be a conversation about nothing. But uh, anyway, I was just thinking what you, where your head was at. Four games. Woo. All right. You want to now with the something? 14 days, of course, uh, and the clock is ticking. So you want to do double thing. or nothing on the bets you have? Me? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'll see that. I'll see that one day. Uh, the other news, of course, from the weekend, the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Uh, Jake was not all in, and it pretty much played out what we thought. Uh, Ray Lewis gave up there and gave a passionate speech for literally uh, 33 minutes. Did you see his um, his his little 
tro- whatever you call it, trophy, his, the head bust. They, yeah, it looked like Damon Wayans. <laughs> it did not look like him. I thought they did a pretty bad job with his face on there. I love these ceremonies because it gives them an opportunity to kind of re- reflect on their career, and for the most part. Usually they're typically kind of humble and, of course, giving thanks to all the people that got him to that point in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did mention, though, in his speech how he still thinks it's a conspiracy theory with the Super Bowl with the lights going out in the Superdome. <laughs> yeah, I get it. To make it more of a game. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. T.O. doing his uh, down in Chattanooga. and There was a number of cameras down there. They were able to get the jacket to him in time for his ceremony. If you're the Hall of Fame, do you just say, hey, we're not going to send the jackets? Or you can come and get it yourself? No. You take the high road? Yes. Come on. It's the Hall of Fame. You're supposed to be class, right? Even though he's not classy in the way he's dealing with it? Still, you have to take the high road. Can you imagine? No, you come get it. (laughs) Come on. They're not going to do that. uh, And then he goes and works out, allegedly, for a CFL team afterwards. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that. Very interesting. You know, the CFL route's really working well for Johnny. It wasn't Johnny's squad, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. They need him. They could use him. Uh, although, I don't know if that'll stop Johnny from throwing interceptions. Mm. Man, I was bummed. I was really looking forward to that. I was like, I You were see, all in. I want to see Johnny put on a show, and I want us to just fantasize about him coming back to the NFL. And he didn't even give us a second to think about that. You said he made one nice scramble, right? <laughs> yeah. That's not good enough. But uh, he was trying to be Superman. He was doing way too much, and he threw four interceptions. Did he make it look like the receiver ran the wrong route, or no. did he throw his teammates under the bus? No. He, if anything, I thought he handled it well. I mean, he was going down and making the tackle, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, he would go to the sidelines. He kind of had his, his head down, and teammates would walk over. And It's fine, Johnny. You'll, you'll get him. When's the last time that you watched a CFL game? Uh, earlier this summer. Oh. <laughs> I mean, not on purpose. It's yeah. one of those things where you're just kind of flipping around and say, oh, football. Why are they moving like that? Mm. Why are three guys? Why is there no motion penalty? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. 888-993-7762. The things that stood out the most to you over the weekend. Next weekend, of course, uh, we've got plenty of football to break down and discuss. Hogan agrees with you, by the way. He says there's no way Urban is suspended for more than four games. Yeah. I think three at the most. Yeah. Y'all are crazy. So you want to make a side wager on this? What, what's the point, Aaron? Yeah. All right. Double or nothing. Uh, There's no way he gets suspended for the entire year. They'll just cut ties. I'm just saying more than four games. Is that the wager? Got to be back for Penn State. That's a big ball game. Hey, look, now you're trying to yeah. dodge it. Now you're trying to change the subject. <laughs> nah, I don't want to commit. <laughs> 888-993-7762. Coming up next, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, joins us for his weekly visit. We're back after this. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in West Monroe. We go back to the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline now, joined by the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White. Nicholas, how are you doing this morning, bud? Doing good, guys. How are you all? Good. Man, were you all in with the uh, Hall of Fame this weekend? I watched it all, man. You know, it was actually a decent uh, weather-wise. It was a decent night uh, Saturday. So, yeah, I sat on the back porch and... Kind of, you know, for for an August night, it wasn't that bad. Sat out there and, and watched it all, man. I love it. I love the opportunity to watch it, just because, um, you know, I, it's just it's such a, a a great culmination of of an unbelievable career, and they do it so well there. 
I watched the gold jacket. I've, I've never really watched that part of it. I watched that Friday night, and uh, that was awesome just to see that and kind of whenever the guys, the inductees are walking through uh, the kind of the, the, the line of, of Hall of Famers, kind of their rite of passage, and uh, that was awesome as well. And, and you know, part of the storyline was, you know, you got a guy who – for whatever reason, you know, T.O. That, that didn't go and, and experience that. And you heard a lot of people, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people tried to, tried to you know, be, you know, maybe didn't try to bash him too much. But at the end of it, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting to see those inductees. They, they kind of you know, both talked out of both sides of their mouth. They, they, they said, oh, we understand why he did it, but, but you missed out. And, and I think he did miss out. And I think he, he cheated his family out of a great opportunity as well. Especially, this was my biggest takeaway. Whatever, whatever reason you know you, you say you felt you felt slighted because you weren't a first ballot Hall of Famer or anything like that, but there are a lot of guys who you could sit there and say were first ballot should have been first ballot Hall of Famers. My, my deal is you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. Do, do they put on there you're a first ballot? I don't know if they do or not, but you see a guy like like. Robert Brazil and Jerry Kramer up there, guys who literally waited half their lives, over half their lives to get that call. It just it just looked petty to me. It really did. And, um, you know, to hear those guys speak, to hear the Lombardi stories, uh, they, they were tremendous. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like that uh, he, he cheated himself and, and his family out of a, an amazing opportunity. Was there a favorite moment for you or somebody's speech that stood out the most? Yeah, I mean, you know, my wife being being a therapist, uh, you know, hearing hearing you know Brian Dawkins talk about his struggles, I think that's important. I think you know, for for so many years, people just kind of put you know mental health issues on the back burner. It's now coming more to the forefront, and uh, you know, maybe you know from a male perspective, there's there's some perceived shame of you know having problems, you know. You know, maybe it's a macho thing. You think you don't need to go to therapy, and to to hear him, you know, use that platform to talk about that. You know, they, I watched the NFL Network coverage, and they they were absolutely right. Brian Dawkins saved lives Saturday night. I think with the way he, you know, with what he was so open about his experiences, and you know, a lot of times you, you think, oh, these these million dollar superstar athletes, they don't have problems, but they got problems just like everybody else, and. Uh, for him to be so open about that, uh, I thought that was tremendous uh, and, and, and great. I love Kramer. I mean, that, that was just, you know, to hear some of the stories uh, was, was fantastic. And I thought the best part, you know, of the whole thing is all the guys did a good job. I mean, Ray Lewis did his thing. You knew he was going to do his thing. And, for you know, it is what it is. They, they mic'd him up, and, and he was, he was you know, sounded like he was at church and fine. He, he reached people, too. I thought it was a – a good that he was doing himself that's what he does um but i thought they you know they didn't really drag on they did a nice job i think you know how the, the hall of fame kind of cut out the induction uh the speeches and just made it like a video thing instead of having them speak as well uh put it in a nice time frame also so uh real, really cool stuff from all of them before we get to some uh, ULM news and notes, and, of course, the practices continue for the Warhawks. In fact, uh, right now they're on the field, and they'll be in pads for the first time. wanted to touch a little bit on the Cowboys, and there is a, a major tie-in with Xavier Woods. He's getting a lot of talk at camp, and uh, this could be a, a huge breakout year for him. What do you see from Xavier with the Cowboys? 
Well, I, I thought it was a great pickup, you know, for one whenever they drafted and um and I think he, he's kind of taken that that's that's kind of an open position right now and mm. uh you know, they're they're pretty young on that side of the football. Uh you know, there's still talk that, that Earl Thomas might end up with them, but if even if that's the case, I think that he's cemented himself with that team and, and you know, they, they feel like he's gonna be a key contributor. I uh, saw that he was one of the awardees of, of you know being there for all the off season work and uh that's what you gotta do and, and take that opportunity. So uh hope that he you know, that, that chance to, to get in there and start is right there and I think he's taking advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, Xavier said I just worry about what I can control. That's me playing out here every day. I'm trying to give them a reason not to want anybody else. That's my point of view. And Xavier points out that 190 guys were drafted before him, so Xavier's still carrying a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which is certainly good. Uh, position battles, what are the major storylines? Uh, is it still the receiving core with the Cowboys? Yeah, I think so. I think you, you look at, at that position, and that's one of the wide-open positions. I mean, you got Hearns, you got Tavon Austin there, Cole Beasley, uh, obviously being a part of it. And then, you know, who's, who's going to be you know, Terrence Williams? You, you got, you know, his you know, off-the-field situation that he kind of, uh, you know, settled, you know, over the weekend, and you saw that news come out. And, uh, you know, is he going to assume that number one role now? But, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest biggest areas that you got to look at. And I think another area is who's going to back up Zeke? I mean, you forget Alfred Morris is no longer on the team. Uh, he still actually remains unsigned, if I'm not mistaken, out there. But who's going to be that, that guy to spell, to spell Zeke? Because uh, you had that that durable back there uh, with, with you know Alfred Morris whenever he had that absence, but uh, I'm looking at those areas and I'm really concerned. You know, I'm hearing that Dan Bailey has continued to struggle. You remember, you know, at the end of the season last year, he, he used to be Mister Automatic and he used to be a guy that he could, you know, 55 yarder. It was nothing nothing for him, and apparently he's struggling. Now, he had that hip issue last year. He, he sat out some games, but at the end of the season, whenever he came back, he still was not right, and uh, you know that that's a that's a mental position more more so than probably any of the other 52 positions out there. And uh, you know this was a, an All Pro kicker, an automatic weapon, and now he's struggling. So that that's got me a little concerned right now, also. Jason Garrett, how long do we give him a pass? Uh, well, <laughs> some some would say he, he's had a, he's had enough time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he, I think he did a pretty good job last year. You know, you, you lose Zeke for those six games, and you know they they were still on the cusp of making the playoffs. I think a lot of people forget about that. And you know, if they they play better on Christmas Eve against Seattle, they're going into that game against Philly with an opportunity to, to make the playoffs. And so uh, they didn't make it last year. I think whenever you're in that position, uh, you're going to have tre- tremendous pressure on you. Uh, you know, you, you see some some critics that say maybe they're they're too predictable, they're too vanilla uh, out there offensively, and, and how much does he have over that? Of course, he's over the personnel, but uh, you know, Jerry continues to to give him the vote of confidence. But you are gonna have to do that. I mean, you can't just go out there and and say, well, you know, if the guy loses three straight, we won't can him. I mean, that goes back to the Nick Saban. I'm not gonna be the coach of Alabama. Well, he said that because he was the He's still the head coach of the Miami Dolphins at the time. And, you know, there, there's certain things you can say publicly uh, that you should and shouldn't. Uh, I think that would just draw more attention to them. And, uh, you know, Jerry, Jerry likes, to, likes to hype them up. 
but I think he's doing the right thing, just kind of saying that he's he's the guy because uh, you know he, I'm sure Derek knows he's looking over his shoulder. If he doesn't produce this year, they're probably going to make a move. But uh, yeah. we'll see we'll see how they perform in a, in a very tough schedule and a very tough division with the defending champions, the Eagles, in there. I did not realize this. He is now the second longest tenured head coach in Cowboys history. He's won 67 NFL games, reached the playoffs twice, winning just one playoff game, Jason Garrett. Nick, I, I don't know if you had a chance to go out and visit with the, or check out the Warhawks yet, but uh, when I went out to practice, it just, I don't know, maybe it's just perceived on my part, but it just feels like there's a little bit of a swagger with this team. Yeah, I have not been able to. Uh, I will get out there this week and, um, you know, check them out. Uh, I'm going to get a little, one final little family trip in uh, at the end of this week, uh, take a little trip down to New Orleans and kind of enjoy some time with the boys before school and, and the athletic year kicks off. But, uh, you know, they're, then we get out there and, and go check it out. Obviously, I'm, I'm following on the stories. I did, you know, quite a bit of prep work uh, this weekend in anticipation for the season. Uh, and, you know, it's always interesting whenever you, you do the, the, my preseason work and, and starting on the charts. And, one, you know, I build off basically the last chart that I did last year. And, and you look at some of the – one, the class has changed, but also you see the, the different weights and you see, you know, how much work some of these guys have put in. You know, on the offensive line, some guys have trimmed down. In other areas, you know, they bulked up and, and put, you know, five to seven pounds of muscle on. But um, I think it's interesting. going to be interesting to see, you know, how many of these young players are going to get some PT, um, especially with the new red shirt rule. Uh, you know, Coach V was asked about it down at Media Day and, you know, said – I'm not going to play a guy just to play the guy, but you know, if he looks like he can play, then he's going to get that opportunity, even as a freshman. And you, know, you don't see a lot of freshmen on the depth chart either right now. I think that'll change a little bit. But, but as far as your question, uh, you know, it seems like they do have a, a little extra, you know, swagger to them, and I kind of like that. I think you know, for for years, people just kind of write them off, and and you know kind of, oh, that's just ULM, and I think these guys understand they got a really good coach, they got a really good offense coordinator, and they got some really good talent uh, out there on the offensive and the defensive side of the football, and um, I think they, they have to chew on, you know, hearing <clears throat> all the naysayers and all the, the negative things that are out there, and I think this staff, um, you know, they, they get it, they understand it, and uh, they've instilled a little bit of that, that confidence into this football team, and so uh, we'll see if it pays off starting on August 30th. We got a lot of texts, of course, last week with the former West Monroe standout John Bailey Gallette making his way over to ULM, leaving Army for ULM. Just the linebacking core overall, Nick, uh, pretty experienced group coming there. I mean, is there an opportunity for a kid to make that jump, which is a huge jump from the high school ranks to the college game? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be seen. Once again, that might be one of those, situations he wasn't there really for the offseason work so you know you're probably playing a little catch up uh, as far as that goes so we'll see I mean I'm sure they'll evaluate and, and look and see you know how he fits into the pieces but but whenever you look at that defense just a little bit and you see you know a guy like that really you know, jumped out uh, last year defensively was with a guy like Rashad Harding I mean, David Griffith, David Griffith is the senior veteran out there. And then you you look at a guy like Rashad Harding, who who really, you know, stepped up and 
and played well uh, whenever they really needed it last year. Um, so I look at those two guys. That's still, I think, one of their weaker areas, in my opinion. Um, maybe an area where they're, they're undersized a little bit. But, uh, you know, hopefully they, they can continue to gel and uh, fill in some more of those pieces to um, try to try to bolster that defense. Uh, Larry's got a question for you. Nick wants to uh, know, do you think Des Bryant will sign with 18? Uh, I, I think he will eventually. I don't, I don't know if he'll get into a training camp, um, but I think that somebody will uh, have, have injuries at a position and, and they'll, they'll go and, and take a flyer. But uh, I don't think anybody's just going to say, hey, we're, we're just going to sign this guy just to get him in here. I think he's going to end up being one of those stopgap kind of guys and I think a lot of it is because what you saw a couple of weeks ago with, with the, the Twitter firestorm and you know you, you look at the Amazon Prime documentary from last year and he, he didn't look very good in that and you know I've heard some people you know enabling and defending and saying no they're they're doctoring some of the stuff I, how I mean <laughs> you know they're they're in there and you're certainly editing and cutting some stuff but I mean he's still that's who, that's who he is. I mean, that's what we saw, you know, all the time with him. So um, I don't know. I, I I wish I wish that somebody could get to him and say uh, you, you need to need to tone it down a little bit because I do wish the best for him. I think he put in a lot of lot of time there with the Cowboys. And um, but you know, I, I think Sean Lee said it best. Uh, you know, if you you want to go and, and blame everybody else, but you probably need to look in your mirror and look at yourself more so than anybody as to why you're not in a training camp right now. Nick, we'll see you soon, bud. Appreciate the time. Looking forward to uh, – I'm heading to New Orleans with the family, so uh, I will have the uh, the Saints uh, game. I'll be listening uh, intently. As, uh, don't forget, uh, Mr. Street makes his debut on uh, on Thursday night as well. So uh, I'll have a I'll have a uh, an ear uh, tuned as I'm heading down that way with the family on Thursday. And uh, – Listening, I certainly hope you know. I've been very vocal about it, and I still think you know it's as far as you know for those in the business, it's not a good move. But uh, it's their move, and it's what they made. And uh, now I think Sean Payton said it best: you're, you're going to be treated like everybody in the media. So uh, you got to be able to, to take some of the criticism, and uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, teamed up with with uh, Deuce this week as they uh, they have their debut Thursday night. Oh, by the way, uh, treated just like yeah. everybody else in the media. How about uh, Sean Payton's daughter working for Fox Eight as a sideline reporter for their telecast? Well, once again, you're going to treat you, you treat her just like everybody else in the media. I mean, um, you know, turn about fair play, and so um, yeah. he won't. And I get that. You know, as a father, I, I get it. But uh, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're learning more and more in this business. Uh, maybe it's not. A, and, and I'm not saying she's not talented. I, I've seen some of her work out there, and. But, but let's not kid ourselves either. She's getting these opportunities because of, uh, you know, who her father is. And so sometimes, you know, that, that's how you get breaks. That's how you get opportunities. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. So uh, I'm sure there'll, there'll be a critical eye uh, there as well, and criticism could come about. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I don't make those decisions. So uh, if that, that's how they feel they want to go, good for them. Enjoy listening to the broadcast, Nick. Appreciate the time. We'll yell at you soon. See ya. By the way, I was flipping around uh, this weekend, and it was just me or maybe just because I'm getting so old. Uh, yeah, that's the, it. That's the, the answer. The fresh faces that we saw on ESPN trying to handle some of these stories this weekend. 
No, it's not just you. Because uh, I was watching, like, for instance, the Zach Smith interview. Uh-huh. And I'm like, who is that again? Uh-huh. He looks scared to death. Uh-huh. That's a big him. story. It was a huge story, but I'm just saying, like, you could see the fear in his yeah. eyes. Deer in he, he didn't handle it bad. I was yeah. just saying, like, I was kind of yeah. looking. Yeah, you look deep into a man's eyes. You can see fear sometimes. <laughs> what? Just you say, look in the tell, deep of a man's the eyes. The eyes tell all. <laughs> Look a man in his eyes. You can tell. You've had that look a few times in the mornings. A fear? Yeah. Maybe early on. Now I just don't care. Maybe that's a bad thing. 888-993-7762. We're back with our parting shots after this. Hi, I'm Caleb Evans, quarterback for your ULM Warhawks. Tickets for the upcoming 2018 season are now on sale. Come experience the best on the bayou, tailgate in the Grove, and cheer on your Warhawks. We look forward to seeing you in Malone Stadium this fall. Come help us defend the nest. For ULM football season ticket information, call 318-342-HAWK or visit ULMWarhawks.com. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Are things just not working out with your bank? Tired of high fees and zero rewards? Let's be honest, you deserve better. At La Capital Federal Credit Union, you're a member, not a number. You can earn huge dividends on monthly balances and have access to ridiculously low loan interest rates. After all, you work hard for your money. Shouldn't your money work hard for you too? It's time to say bye to banks and hello to La Capital Federal Credit Union. Become a member today at hellolacap.com. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny skies with a 20% chance of rain today and a high of 95 degrees. Mostly clear skies in the forecast for tonight with a low 72. Mostly sunny and hot on tomorrow and a high of 96 degrees. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. We're going to close here strong, right, Jake? Of course. It is what it's called parting shots. Look here. Look here, Blondie. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. And you and Nick up there and your little Punch and Judy show, y'all kind of made fun of it and went on to the next subject. I don't know why we can't understand that. And y'all treat me like garbage, man. Well, I don't really care to answer the critic. Y- y'all trumped up all over me. Wrong. That is absolute wrong. I'm a crowd pleaser. That's what I do. I try to play to my crowd. And I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day. So, have you talked to the professor yet about making us a new opening? 
Uh, just the conversations we had exchanged texts on Fridays during the show. So, you didn't answer my question, did no, you? No, I have not. <laughs> I've been busy. Okay. Well, busy I was in the party. quarter. <laughs> yeah, busy party. Why don't you reach out, you know? Say, hey, you know, scratch our back a little bit. Make us a, one of those. He does a good job. Mm-hmm. I thought those were really well that we mm-hmm. ran the other day. Just saying. That response that we heard in that parting shot from Tharp, that almost sounded scripted. Hey, Blondie. Yeah. Hey, look Punch here. Punch Judy show, the whole trumped up on me. You think he thinks about it? I think he did. Uh, uh, Tharp. Uh, kind of calling you out there. Uh, speaking about calling somebody out, and it's not often we have this situation with Nick Saban, so this is why this is so fascinating. It Besides, is. it is Slick Nick, and then one of his players, basically, and a high-profile player, arguably the best player they've had over the course of the last two years, or a year and 12 games, 13 games. I still wouldn't call him the best player they've had. Offensively, one of the biggest difference makers they've had. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll give, you that one. I'll give you that one. The guy did his freshman year was the offensive Look, player of the year him, in the conference. Listen, him in open space, yeah. he is a terrific ball carrier. I, I will give you that. He is something. Some to would watch say he's a product space. of the system. They can rely on the defense, and then of course the playmakers that he has around him. Some might say that you know the offense didn't exactly soar yeah. with him without Lane Kiffin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some would say that. All right, so uh, he goes and he, he meets with the media. I don't even know how many times Jalen Hurts has met with the media. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, so he goes to the media and he's basically saying that the coaches haven't been up front with him. They haven't had a meeting with him. They haven't had a chance to, where he's been able to discuss his concerns with how this quarterback situation is playing out. Is that correct? Am I taking him out of context? No. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. So was he – again, I'll ask the question. Was he owed that conversation? You think he was? Mm-hmm. I do too, but I don't know if it had to come from Saban. Like, as long as someone on the offensive staff sat down and said, "Hey, man, I know this has to be tough." Because well, what's what's so hard about the discussion? Hey, we're gonna have an open competition. You guys are gonna battle it out. Not Best that. man wins. That was discussed. I'm sure. And you're gonna discuss. Hey, you were sucking it up in the, the championship game. We went with a hot hand. What he said. What Jalen Hurts said was, "Nobody asked me about my feelings," which sounds kind of diva-like. Yeah. What are your feelings? You're hurt because we benched you. It's not just that. It's kind of. Aaron, would you say that it's embarrassing if you were a college kid? Yes. I'll and bet. you were the starter. And you got benched, and this, your replacement led your team back. A game that was seen by millions upon millions of people. That's embarrassing. Yeah, but you have a national championship now to show. You for do, it. And, and I thought he handled it and well. You were a big part of the season, and the reason why they got there. Sure, but I'm just saying, if you're that guy, don't you expect? And you help get him there. Don't mm-hmm. you expect someone to come and just say, "Hey, man, you feeling all right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was some. So I can, I can empathize with him there Mm -hmm. now i still don't say he's like saban is owed that like saban doesn't have to go and explain himself or or sit down and talk to him about it but i'm sure what saban did do was hey Jalen, we're looking forward to you coming back we're going to open up this competition you're going to battle for it yada 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 i think what Jalen is saying is i wanted more of a personal Mm -hmm. touch Tim hits the nail on the head here. Here's what happened this summer and early this fall. He's not getting the reps with the first team. He realizes 
he's not going to be a starter, so he spoke up because he's angry. That was a really good text. I, I, I completely agree with that. That's probably exactly what happened. And, and honestly, too, I mean, this is a guy who has not gone to social media to express how he feels. So you, you can imagine during an entire offseason and hearing all these talking heads talking about you and Tua. Mm-hmm. That's got to wear on you a bit. So I'm sure he was thinking about this for a long time. And listen, this is probably the first time in his career where he's actually had adversity, where he's faced some competition. Goes high school immediately starting at Alabama. He didn't start immediately. He had to, He came in, I think he was a third option against, in that USC game. He eventually won the job. Early in the season. Yeah, it was first game. But, you know, I, I think it's unfair to say this is his first time to face adversity. First time he's faced real competition. For the starting job. Yeah, I'll give you that one. But he also beat out Tua last year, too. I mean, let's not forget, Tua was looking great in spring ball. And my goodness, as much as we talked about how players and quarterbacks have looked in spring ball, should bring that up. The beauty of this is now Nick Saban has to address this with Hurts and then with the media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So sit back and enjoy. But he's allowed to lie to the media. (laughs) (laughs) Saban's allowed to do whatever he wants. No, but that's going to be a funny situation because you know reporters are going to do their job they're going to press him and he's not going to like it and he's going to lash out and we'll have that sound for you later this week yep yep uh good show today we'll try to do better tomorrow we got uh gus joining us we're going to start our high school preview starting tomorrow also yeah let's do let's kick it off with the four downs on high school all thanks to high school. We'll have a coach or two also join us. Everybody have a fantastic day. The guys from the Edge are in here, and they are raring to go. You can join them next at 888-993-7762. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.